Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I took you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation about the biggest stories out of the Vatican. First up this week, we'll talk about new doubts that have been cast on the Pope's scheduled trip to Iraq next month. Then we'll give you some international updates on how the Church is joining the struggle for democracy in Myanmar and why the Pope praised Colombia this week. We'll also talk about what the Vatican has planned for Ash Wednesday. I'm Colleen Deli. This is Inside the Vatican. Good morning and happy Mardi Gras from New Orleans, Jerry. It's got to be the strangest Mardi Gras this city has ever seen. Good afternoon from Rome, Colleen. No carnival here, but uh, everybody is enjoying it in a low key. And everyone's celebrating because you have a new government, right? We have a new government, yes. It should have be approved tomorrow in the Senate and the day after in the House of Representatives. But it's important because uh, the country needs to move forward on so many fronts. First of all, dealing, get, ensuring people get vaccinated, which isn't the case right now. Uh, secondly, deciding how the money, enormous amount of money they're getting from the European Union will be divided out. What are the priorities? And uh, thirdly, getting people back to work. Yeah, that's going to be really, really important, you know, as we try to work out a way to to move forward from this pandemic. Um, and speaking of moving forward and making plans, uh, you know, we've been looking at Pope Francis's scheduled trip to Iraq that's supposed to happen next month. And this week, some further doubts were cast on this yet again. Um, there's been an increase in coronavirus cases with the new strain being detected in Iraq, the UK strain. Uh, and the Iraqi government, in response to this, put in place some new restrictions that could affect the Pope's trip there. They closed places of worship, they put in place a curfew, and that's expected to last for three weeks, which is about the amount of time that it would end just as the Pope's trip was ending. So, Jerry, I'm wondering, what's the sense in the Vatican about whether the Pope's trip can go forward? Well, the, the latest information I've had is that it's still going ahead. The Pope is determined to go. And it will take a lot to uh, change his mind. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the government has effectively imposed a lockdown starting on the 18th, that's on Thursday, and lasting until the 8th of March, which is the day the Pope is due to leave Iraq. Now, Francis told Catholic News Service that the one thing that could stop him from visiting was uh, a big spike in COVID cases, right? Yes, and obviously the government is concerned, the government in Iraq is concerned at the variants also that have seemed to have arrived in the country. And so they have closed uh, all kinds of uh, non-essential uh, everything from uh, sports facilities, bars, restaurants, uh, you name it, schools, mosques and other places of worship. Uh, when I asked uh, some people in the Vatican, well, uh, how is this going to be possible with the lockdown? And they said, well, you know, there's always an exception to a rule. A volley of rockets fired at coalition forces in Erbil in northern Iraq. One civilian contractor losing his life in the attack. Six others were wounded, including an American service member. Uh, but the, the second thing that's also troubling is that last evening, rockets uh, arrived at the airport in Erbil, which is the Kurdistan part of the country. Right. The Pope was supposed to go there and, and meet Iraqi Kurdistan leaders. That's the airport, the international airport from which we will return to Rome. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, it, it's it's a, a visit that's raising many questions in many people's mind. But the Pope is determined to go, and in their bill, apparently, he, he will he's scheduled. We'll have to see what happens. He's scheduled to celebrate Mass in a stadium for 10,000 people. The, the local bishop said this. Now, whether this goes ahead, I, I, I just don't know. Are we going to see the Pope, as he said in his interview with Catholic News Service, you know, even if people can't come to meet me and will watch me from the on streaming, on television, he said, they will see that I'm in the country. I've been told that he feels he's got a a moral obligation. He feels a moral obligation to go to console the people. Now, the official word from the Vatican is is that this is still going forward, right? I know the nuncio in Iraq met with the prime minister uh, just before the restrictions were announced. And obviously this was in advance. It was, came before the rocket attack at the airport, uh, near the airport. But the tone from them was that this trip was going ahead, right? So when do we expect a, a decision to be made? I think uh, the decision has been taken that he will go unless it is revoked at the last minute. Mm-hmm. The Vatican had a reconnaissance team in the country, which returned over the weekend. And uh, the final details for the program of the Pope uh, have been worked out. Uh, and so unless something much worse happens than last night's rocket attack on the airport, on the base near the airport, we're going. All right. Well, Jerry, you and I will keep our listeners up to date on the plans for the trip and also on uh, on what's supposed to happen there, uh, on, on what's going forward uh, here on Inside the Vatican. President Biden has also ordered new sanctions and is promising to do more as the fight for democracy in Myanmar is now heating up. Protesters remain defiant against the military that seized power at the beginning of the month. Thousands of people gather in different parts of Yangon but all with the same demands. They want leader Aung San Suu Kyi and others detained since the coup to be released and for the military to hand back control. For the second part of our show this week, we have a few quick updates on uh, stories that we've been talking about. So first, Jerry, let's talk about Myanmar. We've been keeping our listeners up to date on the military coup that happens there. uh, And in recent weeks, the protests against the military junta have continued. the military has extended the the detainment of democratic leader Aung San Suu Kyi. Um, and meanwhile, the, the church has really been making its voice heard. We've talked in the past about Cardinal Bo, who was working with this group of interreligious leaders uh, to speak out against the military coup. Now we've had a statement from the Myanmar bishops and even heard from the Pope calling for these political prisoners to be released and for democracy to be restored there. I wonder if you could give me a sense of what the church is doing on the ground in Myanmar as these protests have continued. Yeah, Colleen, for first I would say you've used the word coup two or three times. Yesterday the military said, told journalists, you cannot use this word. Uh, they don't consider it a coup. They consider they're operating within a clause of the constitution where if there is particular problems in the country, they are allowed to intervene. But in fact, it's an overthrow of democracy. And the people have come out in the streets. We see the priests, the nuns out, and also the Buddhist monks. And now many, many of them, uh, they've put the armored cars on the streets yesterday and also today, uh, trying to prevent the uh, protests. 
But uh, the numbers have gone down slightly, partly is because they cut the internet and so they can't communicate with each other. But there is a strong resistance. And the most significant thing is that uh, people working in the government ministries, in the key government ministries, I've seen that there are perhaps 60, 70 percent of the people not going to work. And so they're paralyzing the system from within. And uh, you read many statements saying, you know, uh, we believe we can upend this coup. There's also a lot of concern about force being used against peaceful protesters. And the United Nations has tried to step in and, and warn against that violence. Um, but I'm I'm curious if you could speak to, you know, it seems like this has potential to be a much larger conflict. I know that China and Russia have pulled out of a UN resolution that was speaking against using violence against protesters. Um, meanwhile, we're hearing from all over the Western world that that democracy needs to be restored. And so it's always concerning to me when you have countries taking different sides in, in you know, this, this uh, one country's conflict. China has great economic interests in, in Myanmar. And uh, the foreign minister of China was in, in uh, Napida, the, the, the capital, the, the, the administrative capital, the day before the military coup. Obviously, they're watching it very carefully. Uh, you really have uh, the vast majority of the population against the military. In the past, they have used uh, the iron hand and they've crushed and they've imprisoned. They, I think they've up to now four or 500 people in prison. Uh, and they're threatening uh, that anybody who comes out in the protest will get 20 years in prison. But uh, I think the people are not listening to the threats anymore because they know the military cannot uh, survive without the consensus of the people at some level. Uh, the, the military yesterday, the, the general who's in charge has come out and said, uh, we, will, we guarantee we'll go back to elections. At the beginning, they said in one year. And he, he wasn't giving a date yesterday. But th these are promises the people don't believe. And uh, Cardinal Bo and the bishops and the priests, and the, they're all and the, the Buddhist monks, they're all for nonviolent protests, but making clear they're not going to cooperate. The cardinal, you, you, you've seen in, 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 this, in the time he's got uh, the internet, he, he's sending out lots of tweets. And so if our listeners want to connect to them, he, he gives little messages. And uh, he, he's quite courageous, very courageous man. But uh, all the church people there, they're courageous. So if our listeners want to keep up to date with what's going on in Myanmar and see those updates from Cardinal Charles Mungbo, uh, you can find him on Twitter and I'll link to his profile in the show notes so you can find it a little easier too. Let's uh, kind of zoom across the world now. Uh, Pope Francis this weekend spoke about Colombia. Colombia recently made a decision to extend protections to the many Venezuelans living in Colombia. I think right now there are about 1.8 million Venezuelan refugees in Colombia, which has a total population of about 50 million. So we're talking like 4% of the population just coming over in recent years. Um, and the Pope praised this decision to give protections to these refugees. What did, what did he have to say about it? The government in, in uh, Colombia has approved legislation. They've introduced a, a protection legislation for these 
1.7, 1.8 million uh, people from Venezuela. They've been crossing over the border. I, I remember when I was there with the Pope in September 2017, and he, he, he met some of them. Now, what has the government done? They have given protection for these 1.7 million people for 10 years. They guarantee them you are integrated into the country. You can get work. You can get a job. You can have your children in school. You get whatever health care there is. And this is not a, the Pope pointed out on Sunday, he said, this is not a rich country. This is not one of the uh, super developed countries of the world. This is a country that has had decades, I think 52 years of civil war. But they have opened their, their hearts, they've opened their, their wallets because to guarantee people asylum seekers, imagine what would happen in the United States if tomorrow morning uh, the, the Biden government says, all those in this country who are asylum seekers, documented or undocumented from Mexico or the Central America, come in here. They can, for the next 10 years, have work, health, education, all the possibilities that the citizens of the United States have. And after 10 years, they can opt to for citizenship if they re desire to stay in the country or else go back. That is what... Uh, Colombia has done in the midst of a very difficult economic and social political situation in the country. Enormous generosity. And Pope Francis, you know, pointed out that that this that Colombia is facing so many of its own difficulties. And so he said this decision is very courageous. That's the word that he used. And uh, he also pointed to, you know, Francis, when he talks about integrating refugees, he often uses these same four words, right? Welcome, protect, promote, and integrate. And he says this this plan that they have is is doing exactly that. Y en Venezuela, los niños cuando se enferman, uno va para hospital y no hay medicamento. Y bueno, nosotros estamos por eso aquí, todos estamos por eso aquí, así estamos comiendo aquí. The situation in Venezuela is disastrous, and uh, I, I, the, the Pope's words of praise on Sunday really reflect this. And uh, you have this is it video audio which reflects the experience of some of these. That's right. Our our colleague, uh, our former colleague Antonio Delaware Bruce, traveled to Colombia and actually spoke to a lot of Venezuelans there. Followed them around through their their camps and everything. Um, and spoke to them about the difficulties that they've had just trying to find uh, adequate food, medicine. He spoke to a pregnant woman who said she had to she had to purchase all of the medicine for her herself to give birth. You know, um, so if our listeners want to hear uh, firsthand some of what the Venezuelan refugees in Colombia are going through, uh, we've got this beautiful documentary by Antonio Delaware Bruce uh, that's on America Magazine's YouTube channel and I'll also link to it in our show notes so you can learn more there. Ahorita el venezolano piensa es pura en comer. No de vestir ni nada de eso porque la plata no alcanza. En Colombia son las madres y dejan a sus hijos. En Venezuela va quedando los abuelos y los, y los niños. All right, Jerry, uh, you know, even though today is Mardi Gras in New Orleans uh, with no parades, uh, our listeners are going to be hearing this on Ash Wednesday. Now, we know that the Vatican has asked churches around the world not to uh, mark people's foreheads with a cross of ashes like we usually do in the English-speaking world, but 
Instead, they're going to they're gonna sprinkle ashes on top of people's heads, which is what a lot of churches outside the English-speaking world already do. But inside the Vatican, what, what did the plans for Ash Wednesday look like? Well, tomorrow morning at 9.30, Pope Francis will preside at Mass in St. Peter's Basilica uh, at the altar of the chair that's behind the main altar. And uh, he, he will celebrate the Mass with the cardinals. And uh, there will be a very small number of people, less than 100. And, and the Cardinal Camastri, who is the archpriest of St. Peter's, in other words, the, the, the Cardinal who's in charge of the Basilica, he will put ashes on the Pope's head. And then uh, two of the Cardinals who are with the Pope, celebrating, they will put ashes on the heads, sprinkle ashes on the heads of the other Cardinals and the other people in the Basilica. Mm-hmm. Jerry, uh, in terms of that Ash Wednesday service, compared to past years, this is this is really pared down, right? Yes. Uh, we, well, I mean, we we're into kind of skeleton services, if you wish. I think uh, the real, this essential pared down service reflects what is the reality in day to day life of people. I mean, here in Rome, for example, we have the curfew every night from nine o'clock in the evening to five in the morning. The restaurants, bars, everything close at six. The streets uh, in the evening after by eight o'clock, it's like a cemetery. We're like living in a cemetery in the city. And I see in the Philippines, maybe you've seen in Manila, the the archdiocese has given instructions to to the families to give the ashes in the house, in the home. Right. Actually, Cardinal Nichols also urged Catholics in Westminster uh, in the UK also to to do that, to celebrate at home. So, you know, Jerry, I've heard a lot of people saying that it kind of feels like last Lent never ended. And so it feels strange to be entering Lent again. Um, but we have a ton of spiritual uh, resources at americamagazine.org if our listeners want some help kind of navigating this this really strange extended Lent um, that, that we've been in for the last year or so as we go back into this liturgical season of Lent. So you can find all of America's Lent content at americamagazine.org slash Lent 2021. And also, if you like to uh, pray with podcasts or reflect with podcasts, um, America's staff is offering personal reflections on Scripture throughout Lent. So to hear those, you can subscribe to our podcast, The Word. A new episode comes out every other day. I'll also link in the show notes to The Word podcast so that you can hear those. All right, Jerry. Uh, well, gosh, as we enter this this really strange season of Lent and and are in this countdown for uh, the Pope's Iraq trip, it's it's just a a really weird time in our history, and I, I'm I'm glad to get to kind of process through some of it with you. So thanks. Well, it's it's interesting. I think when you go back to read the Old Testament and the Book of Exodus and all this, it takes a new meaning in today's world. Mm-hmm. All right, Jerry. So I will talk with you again next week. Thanks. Thank you. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This week's episode was produced by Maggie Van Dorn. Production assistance from Robert Balliser at the Jesuit Curia in Rome and Kevin Christopher Robles at America Media. Inside the Vatican is mixed by Noah Levinson. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org and follow us on Twitter at I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod. You can also email us your comments and questions at insidethevatican at americamedia.org. And if you want to support our show, the best way to do that is to subscribe to America Magazine. You can do that at americamagazine.org slash subscribe. 
and thanks for your support. For American Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Deli. We'll see you next time.